You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. he was less evil than the kings before him, he was still considered evil in the eyes of the Lord. You know, some denominations place a hierarchy on various sins than others. They say that this sin is worse than that, but God doesn't look at sin that way. God looks at sin as sin. Sin is a big deal. Don't let the world mislead you on that. But as Pastor Dave will clarify in today's message, one kind of sin isn't worse than another in the eyes of God. Any behavior or attitude that dishonors God is enough to merit His judgment. But the good news is, is that He can also forgive any sin you commit. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Kings chapter 17 as he begins his message, The God of the Land. Let's uh, turn to 2 Kings 17, and we're going to be looking at verses 24 through 41. 24 through 41. So hopefully you have your swords with you, and you have your armor of God on, and you're ready to study God's Word. So let's begin with a word of prayer. Let's bow our hearts before our Lord. Oh, heavenly and gracious Father, we come to you, our hearts full of thanksgiving, the wonderful and awesome Father that you are, the good, good Father, how you continue to pour your blessings out upon us, even in the midst of this crazy time. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace, which continues to flow towards us, continues to overwhelm us and wash over us, Lord, as we draw close to you. Your scripture clearly says that if we draw near to you, you then draw near to us. So, Lord, we thank you. We ask, Lord, now that you would put a blessing upon this study, Father God, that you would help us to look at this study and glean from these verses things that would pertain to our lives, things that would pertain to our Christian walk, and things that you might want us to know. Help us, Lord, to be doers of the word, even in this crazy time. Father, I would be remiss if I didn't pray for those who are hurting, those who are grieving, and those who are mourning, Father God, may your heart go out to them. May you just touch them mightily with your love. May you wrap your arms around them, Father God, and draw them ever close to you. Comfort them, Lord. Touch them mightily, Father God, and let them know that you're there, and that your love is everlasting, and that you will not leave nor forsake them, Father God. So I thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, I ask that you would bless this time Fill us afresh with your spirit, Lord. Help me to get out of the way so you can speak boldly to your children. Help us, O Lord. We need you in this time. We need you desperately, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So the last time we met, 
We looked at the first 23 verses of chapter 17, and we looked at the last king of the kingdom of Israel by the name of Hosea. He now ascended to the throne, but he, like his predecessors and all those before him, ascended to the throne through treachery. He ascended to the throne through assassination. And we read that he did evil in the sight of the Lord, but not like most of the other kings. And even though he was less evil than the kings before him, he was still considered evil in the eyes of the Lord. You know, some denominations place a hierarchy on various sins than others. They say that this sin is worse than that, but God doesn't look at sin that way. God looks at sin as sin. God looks at all sin the same. There are no sins that are greater than others. Some sins might carry a greater consequence than others, but there is no sin that is greater than others. The only sin that is the greatest is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. When you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you resist, ignore, and grieve the Spirit so much that you don't accept Christ, that is the unforgivable sin, the unpardonable sin, a sin that leads to death. But all other sins are forgivable. And God doesn't place a hierarchy on the sins because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Hosea, like the other kings before him, continued to lead Israel into sin. And this angered God. We read in verse 18 of chapter 17, Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them from his sight There was none left but the tribe of Judah alone. Now, you have to remember, the nation Israel was split in two. Was split in two. Ten of the tribes in the north gathered together and they became the kingdom of Israel. The tribe of Judah stayed put in the south. And in the middle of the tribe of Judah was the tribe of Benjamin. And they became what is known as the kingdom of Judah. Israel continued to sin From the time they broke away, they were led into idolatry by Jeroboam. And all the scripture continues to say, Jeroboam made Israel sin. And they were led into sin. They were led into idolatry. They made golden calves and put one in Bethel and one in Dan. They put one around the certain areas. They put them in various high places. They put them in various places so the people could worship and They took them far from the Lord God, Jehovah. They took them far from, from, from worshiping the one true living God. And this continued for years as each king took power. He never turned and went back to the Lord. And we read that each king did evil in the sight of the Lord. So I want to know, What led the God of creation? What led the God who loved his children so much? The God of compassion, the God of mercy, the God of grace, the long-suffering God. What made him remove the children from his sight? What drove him to doing this? You know it must must have been horrible for him to do this. Well, in chapter 17 and verses 7 through 17, we're not going to read them, but you see this indictment that God placed against the nation. 
he placed against them. The children of Israel sinned against the Lord their God. They walked in the statues of other nations whom the Lord had cast out before them. Remember when they came in the land, the Lord cast out these nations from before them. But they walked in their statutes. They didn't walk in the statutes of the Lord. They walked in the statutes of these other nations. They did things in secret, or so they thought. They did things against the word of God. They built high places to burn incense and to worship at. They set up sacred pillars and wooden images on every hill and every green tree. They burned incense in these high places. They became like the other nations whom the Lord had thrown out before them, and, and they weren't supposed to. They weren't supposed to intermarry. They weren't supposed to do those things. They did wicked things, and this angered the Lord. They served idols. The Lord strictly forbade it. Drove the Lord to anger against his own children. And he had to chastise them. But before he chastised them, he sent prophets. Prophet after prophet after prophet who would come and warn them and testify against them, begging them to return to God and follow his commandments. But they would not listen. They became stiff-necked just like their forefathers did. And they didn't believe in the Lord their God. They rejected his commands and his commandments. They rejected the covenant that he had made with them. They rejected the covenant, but God didn't reject the covenant. God still loved them as his children. They made idols and followed after them. They became idolaters and followed other nations, disobeying what the Lord had told them. They ignored the commandments of the Lord God Jehovah. They molded images and golden calves and wooden images, and they worshiped Baal. And sadly, they sacrificed their sons and daughters. They practiced witchcraft and soothsaying. They sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord couldn't take it any longer. The Lord couldn't take their, 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 their evilness any longer, their wickedness any longer. And he had to judge them. And his judgment is righteous and true. His judgment is just. And they had to receive the anger of the Lord, which was his wrath. He had been long-suffering with them, and he made provisions for them, and he wanted them to return to him so that they would be his people and he would once again be their God, but they refused. So he had them carried away by the Assyrians. And when we read verses 19 to 23, we saw that that sin of idolatry had crept into Judah also. And they were beginning to turn. They were beginning to worship idols. They were beginning to burn incense in the high places. And they were doing evil against the Lord. And this would make the Lord even angrier. And, and eventually, they would be carried away by Babylon. And they would spend 70 years in captivity because of their wickedness. The Lord had to chastise them because of the northern kingdom's sin, because of everything that they had done. Hosea would be their last king. The northern kingdom would disappear completely, never to return again. As I said, the king of Assyria would come with his army. He would lay siege to Samaria, the capital, and they would there for three years, and eventually they would carry away the people. They would carry them away, and they would be captive. As we continue now in chapter 17, picking up in verse 24, we see that Assyria sent their own people into the land. The land which was vacated by the Israelites, they came into the land to live there, to occupy it, to live in their cities and to live in their houses and to eat of their crops and their fruits and the things that they worked hard for. So they came in. Let's read verse 24 of chapter 17. Then the king of Assyria 
brought people from Babylon, Kura, Ava, Hamath, and from Serephirim, and placed them into the cities of Samaria instead of the children of Israel. And they took possession of Samaria and dwelt in the city. So you see, they came here. And this was common practice. This was common practice was when you overran a nation, you would take those people out and they would become your slaves. You would take them captive. And then your people would come and you would inhabit the places that were left vacant. So now the northern kingdom becomes part of a foreign nation. It's actually become, they've been taken in by Assyria and they become part of that nation ruled by the Assyrian king. And they were dwelling in their cities and they were taking possession. But there was a problem here. There was a problem. They didn't fear the Lord. Look at verse 25a. And it was so at the beginning of their dwelling there that they did not fear the Lord. They came into this land and they did not fear the Lord. These new groups of people who inhabited the land did not fear the Lord. Well, one of the reasons they didn't fear the Lord is because they didn't know the Lord. But to fear the Lord in this way means they didn't worship the Lord according to the law of Moses. Instead, it was a mixed bag. There are all sorts of mixed religions, what we would call today pluralism. It were many, many different religions. They lived in houses and ate the crops that they didn't plant. They lived in houses they didn't build. They had benefits and things that they didn't deserve. They didn't work for these. They enjoyed blessings upon blessings in the land that flowed with milk and honey. But yet, they never acknowledged the Lord God of Jehovah, whose land it was. The land belonged to the Lord. He had given it to the Israelites way back in Joshua chapter 1. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 11, it says, the Lord is speaking to Joshua now. In verse 11, it says, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan, go into into possess the land which the Lord your God is giving to you to possess. Notice, the Lord is giving you his land to possess. The Lord owned the land, it was his, and he was giving it to the Israelites to possess. So when this new group comes in and they possess God's land and they don't recognize God as God, as the one true living God, there's a problem. There's a problem. And to show the problem existed, God sent them some furry animals to talk to them. Read verse 25b. Therefore, the Lord sent lions among them, which killed some of them. See, the Lord wanted to make a point. He wanted to get the attention of those who were living in the land. So the Lord does what he does best. He sends some things in that all of a sudden get your attention. He sent these lions in and instead he started killing some. Can you imagine that? So these people who are in our country today, There are people in our country today who do not fear the Lord, yet they enjoy all the privileges of a nation that was founded on Christian Judeo values. It was founded on the word of God. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is theirs. But they don't acknowledge the Lord God. There is no fear in them. So what happens is various calamities come into our lives, not as judgment, but as a wake-up call. Folks, I really believe this that I'm going to say right now. 
I believe it's a wake-up call. I believe it's a wake-up call for the unsaved and the church. I believe it's a wake-up call and saying, hey, come back to me. Get right with God. If you don't know me, it's time to come back. I think that's what's happening right here. This is God's divine wake-up call. My question to you is, have you answered the call? Or did you put the snooze alarm on? Think about that. We need to answer the call of God. He is calling us together. He's calling for Christians to rise up and stand strong in the midst of this time. He's calling us to be steadfast and immovable. He's calling us to be strong so that others will see our strength and be drawn to God. He's getting people's attention. You've had chances, baby, to talk to someone, one of your loved ones, one of your friends about the Lord. There's more and more opportunities. People are curious because of the times we're in. Never has there been a time like this where death is right there, almost like at our doorsteps. And if you catch this virus, you don't know what's going to happen. So people are anxious and they're afraid and they're coming to God. And this is God's wake-up call to the nation of America. I believe that with all my heart. It's God's wake-up call. And it's God's wake-up call to the church. Get busy. Get busy living or get busy dying. We need to move forward, church. We need to continue to move forward. And that's what I see. The people inhabiting Israel during this time, some of them were eaten by lions. The others who weren't eaten by lions said, we have to do something about this. We've got to do something about this. So they send a note to the king and inform him about the lions. And they also inform him that they don't know the rituals of the God of the land. They told the king about the God that they didn't know. They don't know this God, the God of the Israelites. They don't know this God. Look at verse 26. So they, this is the people who live there, spoke to the king of Assyria saying, the nations whom you have removed and placed in the cities of Samaria do not know the rituals of the God of the land. Therefore, he has sent lions among them, and indeed, they are killing them because they do not know the rituals of the God of the land. They didn't know the God of the land. It was a major problem. They didn't know this God. What this does for me, anyhow, it shows that there was not only something special about the kingdom of Israel, but there was something special about the land of Israel. Now, I got to stop there for a minute because I didn't understand the, the, special, the speciality, the specialness of the land of Israel until I went there. And why I was there there's something special about that place. There is something extremely special about that place. And, and you could feel the spirit moving. You could, it, it's just incredible. It's an incredible feeling. But God demanded of these people that he would be feared while they were in that land. Even if they came from other nations. Even in... The prophet Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah, Zechariah 2.12, tells us that the land of Israel is the holy land. And how, how many times have you heard it called the holy land? Holy land tours or whatever. 
It is indeed a holy, holy land. And, you know, there are some places you go in Jerusalem, on Mount Carmel, in Nazareth. And some places you go as you're walking, you just know that you might be walking in the same footsteps as Jesus Christ. You might be walking on the same road. In fact, when you get down below Jerusalem and in, 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 in underneath, when you get down underneath, they have original sidewalks there that you know Jesus walked on those. There's something special about that place. Something special about that place. God regards it as special. I mean, read through the Bible. Read through the Bible. God is not going to let anything happen to the nation. And what did he say to Abraham about Israel? Those who bless you, I will bless. Those who curse you, I will curse. Regarding to the land that he was going to send Abraham to. God regards Israel as special. It's the apple of his eye. And he regards it as special. And he holds anyone accountable, Jew or Gentile, Israelite or other nation, holds them accountable who live there if they do not fear him. It's interesting. It's interesting. Again, as I sought this, many people seek the Lord during hard times, as we said. But are they seeking him for a quick fist and out of the circumstances? Or are they seeking him for who he is and what he has accomplished and what he has done for us or what he can do for us? The inhabitants of this land couldn't learn anything about God from the people because they didn't leave anything behind. All they left behind were idols, golden calves. There was no evidence. There was no evidence of who God was. When the rapture happens, what are people going to find out about you? What are you going to leave behind that people would see? Is there enough evidence in your house to convince people that you might be a Christian? Well, it's interesting. But people seek God in the midst of circumstances. And this was what's happening here. They were seeking God or asking about the God of the land because of the lions. They weren't asking about the God of the lands because they wanted to know God. They were asking for, about the God of the land so they could get rid of the lions. They didn't want to get eaten. Can't blame them on that. But Look at verse 27. Then the king of Assyria commanded, saying, Send there one of the priests whom you brought from here, from there, let him go and dwell there, and let him teach them the rituals of the God of the land. So the king comes up with a solution, and he sends a priest. He'll teach the occupants about the God of the land. He'll teach them all about this God. It's interesting that the Assyrian officials seem to know what they needed. They seem to know what Israel didn't know, that they had to honor the God of Israel. They had to honor the God of the land, yet by any faith in God that the resettled people held was founded on the fear of the lions, not on him. They had an inadequate relationship with God, and it was based on the fear of the lions, the fear of the circumstances, not the fear of God. You are We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to and even share with your friends and family. 
Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in 2 Kings or jump to another book of the Bible. A Sure Hope is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cape May. If you're not already connected to a church family, we'd love for you to join us this weekend. We meet weekly, Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. We'd be happy to get to know you and hear about your story. Find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. Look on our website for directions as well as the various ministries that we offer. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we'd love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. As this edition comes to a close, we want you to know we're grateful you're a part of our listening audience. Make sure to join us again next time for more from 2 Kings, where Pastor Dave will pick up where he left off. We look forward to that time with you again as you continue to learn and grow here on A Sure Hope.